0: Surely you've heard someone say, or maybe even said yourself, I don't know how she does it all. Well,
1: it's time to stop
0: aspiring for that kind of praise.
1: It's also time to silence that inner critic that's making you feel guilty for not being able to do it all. In today's episode, mindfulness expert Julie Poddiger tells us why. Let's dive in. Today's
0: guest is a superwoman, to me at least. Let me read you her bio. Julie Poddiker is a mindfulness expert with extensive certifications and teacher training in a variety of tools and methods, including mindful self-compassion. Her new book is called Snap from Chaos to Calm. Through her mindful methods for life program offerings, Julie helps others bring more peace and wellness into their lives. Her first book is called Life Falls Apart, But You Don't Have to, Mindful Methods for Staying Calm in the Midst of Chaos. Her work has been featured by the Oprah Magazine, Costco Connection, AARP, AP News, NBC, CBS, Fox, The CW, and so many more.
1: Julie, we are so excited to have you on uh, today. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Let me, I've just got to start with the big question that I had when I. Um, started looking at your bio and all your work. You were previously an attorney, and now you're a mindfulness expert. How, how does that happen?
2: You never know what's going to happen in life, do you? <laughs> very that true. That is very
1: true. That is very true.
2: So when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actress, and uh, eventually I became an attorney kind of as a sellout because I really wanted a, a paycheck, I really wanted to know that I could pay my bills. And although I loved waiting tables, I didn't want to do that for a profession. There's nothing wrong with it. I just wanted something different. And then I became a lawyer and it was fine. And I had a kid. I didn't really like being a lawyer. And then we moved across the country. I was a Michigan lawyer and we moved to California. And I had the decision to make, do I want to sit for the California bar? Do I really like it? And I really didn't like it. So I didn't do it. Wow. And then I got pregnant with twins and then I was on bed rest and then I did other things with my life. Really good, um, invigorating, interesting things. And then when my kids hit early teens, I just became a train wreck. Mm -hmm. And that is where mindfulness Mm -hmm. came in. Mindfulness came in because I was suffering and I needed to figure out how to heal myself And when I figured it out, when I figured out what would be helpful and I saw how actually simple it is, I started getting teacher accreditations and I started teaching. That's the executive summary of the whole thing. And I find in the personal growth space that a lot of people come to this stuff when they're suffering and they need to figure it out for themselves.
1: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think we're talking to the right person (laughs) for both of us. I was assuming it was a big meltdown in the legal world with the weight of the work and that kind of thing. But, um, and so I'm actually very impressed that you made the decision to not get, um, you know, get your licensure in California. Um, you know, usually that's something that I have to be pushed to through a crisis. And I'm like, okay, Carolyn, you can't do this. Don't go for the, for the bar. Um, but yeah, it's, I can also, um, I, I get what you're saying about the meltdown. I've got a 13 year old and 16 year old and I get oh, what you're, sorry. I know. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I get it. Nothing else will push you to your max and make you realize, you know, I, I, this isn't good for me. This isn't healthy. I've got to do something, um, other than your kids.
2: Right. I actually had the wrong words coming out of my mouth pretty consistently. I said, maginal instead of magical. I said, cappuccino instead of cappuccino. I went to a neurologist and said, I'm afraid I have a brain tumor. And he did all the tests. And then he did the, I call it psychosocial, but he did the psychosocial interview about, you know, what is, what does my day look like? Yeah. (laughs) And he said, actually, you have stress. And I couldn't believe that that kind of stress could make me sick.
1: Yeah. And of course,
2: now I know that cortisol and adrenaline, if you don't go back to baseline, tend and befriend, if you don't downregulate all that, of course you're going to get sick. But I didn't learn that in school. I didn't learn that in law school. And I was a theater psych major. I didn't learn that even in psych class. So uh, so anyway, that was really shocking. And illuminating. And he recommended mindfulness based stress reduction, which was then my door into all the other classes because that class was a big aha. And that's an old class. Like for your listeners, that's taught in hospitals all over the world mindfulness based stress reduction. And every other class is built on that platform. That was John Kabat Zinn, his brilliance in
0: 1979. Wow. That's yeah. old. So, how did you make the 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 jump, or maybe it was a bunch of baby steps from the practice of mindfulness into making it a career?
2: Okay, so so in um, twenty ten, I think it was, there was a new curriculum called Mindful Self Compassion that was just written by. Chris Germer from Harvard and Kristen Neff from Texas, and they're brilliant. And they wrote this curriculum. She's the self-compassion researcher that came up with the definition of self-compassion and the little quiz you can take online to see how self- compassionate you are or are not. Most people are not. And I took that class at UCSD center for mindfulness. Cause they had my email from taking MBSR years earlier. So they're like, you know, hello, we have a new curriculum. And I thought, can't hurt. Yeah. And that curriculum, I thought, okay, this is it because it had more implicit warmth than the other class. It's like the other class taught you to notice these difficult emotions, but not really what to do when you had them. Yeah. This class taught me really how to manage difficult emotions. And then Three years later, they advertised a teacher training, and I thought, why not? Why not teach this? Yeah. So it was it was 49 therapists, me, a recovering lawyer, and a <laughs> physical therapist. So, like, there were only two people in that entire room that were not therapists, because it makes sense. Therapists would use it. They'd fold it into their, how they're handling their clients, their patients. And I just thought, okay, I'll hang up a shingle and teach this because it's really good. And then because I like kind of slicing and dicing best practices from everybody, I'm like, I need to, I need to fold in Brene Brown. I need to fold in Rick Hansen. I need to fold in Dan Siegel. Like these are all the like kind of penultimate, I don't want to call them gods, but the they are the they're the leaders in this field, and they yes. all have excellent teachings. And so I took everybody's trainings and then I just sliced and diced it into a new thing so that people could get all the bangs for their buck in one place and 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 I attribute everything from where it comes from.
0: yeah, so I'm not stealing very I'm cool. just, right. yeah, I'm just adapting that's the attorney in you is is that you know, <laughs> just, just a little bit of making sure giving credit where credit is due. And it's really
2: it's really funny because when I get interviewed, I'm always um, I'm always attributing everything that I'm teaching when I'm teaching it to whomever it is. And I've had two people say to me, well, actually, we want people to go and buy your book. We don't want them to go and buy Rick Hansen's (laughs) book or we don't want them to go and buy Kristen Neff's book or Chris Germer's book. And I said, well, yes, I do. I want them to buy their books also.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean the more the merrier.
1: Well, exactly. and I want our listeners to know we're gonna get to Julie's method or approach. So we are going to to get to that. She's gonna share a little about that. But you, um, in some of your work, you talk about the fallacy of the superwoman and or being a supermom, superwoman, and that seems that, that that seems to come up a lot lately how what? it's also
0: intriguing to me because sometimes being like a superwoman or a supermom is is billed as like a badge of honor
1: right i think i thought of that mm-hmm. thought of it as that yeah you know until recently really yeah
0: so i i see she's shaking her head because they can't <laughs> they can't see you they can't see you but we can she's shaking her head so Tell us a little bit about the fallacy, and maybe like, and why and how. If I could be so bold, we can't do it. it.
2: We can't do all that. We can't. It's not possible. That's why it's a fallacy, right? It's it's pretend. We can't do it. I think the super mom is the mom that actually tells the truth. That actually says this Mm -hmm. is really hard, or I'm really hurting, or I need help. Or, you know what? My internal resources are tapped out and I need external resources. I need more help. I, love I that. think that <laughs> that is the superwoman, supermom. Because when you've got all those balls in the air, they're going to drop. They can't stay up there. You're just a human being. So uh, I, 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 hate, I hate all that. And when I see a woman that actually has her pots and pans flying and she's... <laughs> Telling the truth and flying by the seat of her pants to me—that's a superwoman.
1: Yeah,
0: I love that. I do too. I, I, I will say, I was actually speaking with somebody today about about this th- about our podcast, and I was talking about how the more um, real and authentic Carolyn and I can be, the more you know the topics that we're discussing resonate with our listeners. Um, and I just find that even in my own practice, like as, as you start to, like my own practice called life is really what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> like as you, as you, uh, as I surround myself with more and more, um, people who are comfortable with me just being me, it's, it's a lot easier, right. To be more like authentic and honest. Um, and you get better support.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And support's really a big deal. I mean, I'll, I'll have times when I'll know that my internal resources are hard to find. And I have a big toolbox after all these years, but sometimes Mm -hmm. the suffering's just too big and you feel depleted. And then I'll call my sisters and I'll say, look, I need some support. And if my sisters aren't available, I'll call some friends and I'll say, look, I need some support. I need a break. Yeah. I need to be able to say the truth, and just have you listen and tell me you love me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. I know. Yeah. So, well, I feel like our next question, Julie, already answered. How we need to rethink our idea yeah. of this superwoman. It's you ditched totally the covered. notion. Yeah. 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 One of the other topics that you cover is that inner critic that we have and, um, and how most of us have that inner critic. So can you elaborate a little bit on that?
1: I have to say, the, sure. what grabbed me when I got your, um, I got uh, an email from your publicist sharing a little about you and asking if we'd like to have you on the podcast. And what grabbed me in the write-up was I think it was how to take care of your inner bitch <laughs> and that's, that's, what
2: actually I, a, <laughs> that's actually a chapter in my first book yeah life falls apart but you don't have to mindful methods yeah. for staying calm in the midst of chaos one of the chapters is thank your inner bitch
1: yeah uh, and that's what I forwarded to Briarley I was like check this out yeah. um and um so I'm assuming kind of our inner bitch is what we refer to as like our inner critic.
2: Yeah. So if you talked to your friends, the way that you talk to yourself, you would probably not have any friends because we're really, really mean to ourselves. So the inner critic writing exercise helps us. It's like a six step exercise and it helps us hear that voice Consider where it came from. It comes from an early child uh, caregiver, not always our moms, but, but often our moms. And then it has you, it takes you through a contemplative exercise with a pen and paper and it has you Think about what that voice was trying to do to help you. Because usually there is something. It's not a good, it's not skillful, but it'll be, is it trying to keep you from embarrassing yourself? Is it trying to have you keep your options open? Is Mm. it trying to have you do your best? There is something that this inner critic might be trying to say. And when you then shift your perspective to how it feels hearing that. And then you shift, shift your perspective. I know this is like a long answer to a short question. I'm sorry, no, but it's a whole process. You then shift your perspective to your compassionate voice. And eventually you can write your inner critic, a thank you letter and tell them goodbye, stand down. I've got this now. So you can pick an activity that you'd like to change and you can use that activity. Like I don't exercise enough. And then you write the letter from your inner critic voice, which is Julie, you fat ass, get up off the couch. (laughs) And then you like consider how that actually makes you feel and whether that's motivating. Is it motivating? No, No. it makes me want to get under the covers. It's not motivating. And then you switch to your compassionate voice, which is there. And if you don't know and can't find it, you imagine writing it to your best friend who's saying that they have the same issue. And then it would be like, Julie, sweetheart, I love you and I want you to be healthy. And I know you feel better when you exercise. And I just want you to feel better. Now, isn't that more motivating?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: then it makes you want to get on the Peloton bike.
0: <laughs> okay, well, so, I don't know about that far. No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs>
2: So that's the inner critic stuff. It's, it's, it's from the mindful self-compassion curriculum, but it's actually based on internal family systems, which was created by Dr. Schwartz. And he has, he teaches clinicians how to do it for their, um, for their patients. And there's also lay people that do it and it's parts work.
1: Interesting.
0: and It's, it's interesting,
2: right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I actually would like to, to do it. Yeah. Do the steps. That was what I was thinking as you were talking. I I was like, sitting here, I'm like, I gotta, I've, I've gotta do this.
2: You (laughs) could do it. Pick up my first book, which is also on Audible now, and you
0: could do it. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go get this book, this first one.
1: And we're gonna share Julie's um, links to her books and links to her um, site and everything for Mm -hmm. listeners, so they can get them in the show notes. Yeah. Did I see you Uh, recommend referring to yourself? Um, like a sweetie or something like that. Yeah. So it's
2: it always made me laugh. Like for the first, I don't know, three, four, five, six years when I called myself sweetheart. It used it still's <laughs> making me smile. Yeah. And actually that helps you shift also. Like just having your face in a smile and laughing also helps your body shift. It regulates your nervous system. You're going into your parasympathetic nervous system. So everything I teach is actually science-based. So how I came up with SNAP so that we regulate our nervous system is the soothing touch because we want the oxytocin and endorphins to start calming down the adrenaline and cortisol from being in fight flight, right? Mm -hmm. And then naming the emotion, which is the N and snap, which further helps you calm down. You're not just amygdala back there. And then act is the A. What do I need to hear right now? And then you say, Julie, sweetheart, you would call yourselves whatever silly name you wanted to. And you tell yourself what you need to hear based on what the emotion is and if it's let's say fear you could say i'm actually safe right now you could look around and notice that actually you're not being chased right now you're actually safe and then what do i need to do right now is part b of act and that is what you choose to shift your mood and that is something from your toolbox that you build from your joy list and from all the other things that I recommend that you stick in your toolbox that you might not be thinking of like meditating and breath work and that kind of thing. And then the PE praise is good job. Or if you're really religious or even marginally religious, you could be thanking Jesus or thanking God or Allah or Buddha or whatever. So snap is just this like gorgeous little system to manage difficult emotions Soothing touch, name the emotion, act, and praise. And I have little hand and arm movements so that when I'm teaching it in person, people really get it. They get Mm -hmm. it into their brain and then they can teach it to their loved ones.
0: So if you don't mind going on like a little side uh, jaunt here, can you talk a little bit about the soothing touch and like what it does to your body? And, And I'm thinking about it because... I actually had this experience with my older daughter the other day. I mean, she was in a mood. She's 10. She was in a mood, mood, mood. And it was one of those where I just, like, my instinct was, like, you just need a hug. And she, I came up oh. and I hugged her and I held her for a couple seconds. And then she, like, kind of pushed away. And I was like, no, 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 we're not done. And I kept holding her and holding her and holding her and holding her. And then she just kind of like relaxed, right? Her whole, like, her, I just feel all the tension in her body leave. And I looked at her and I was like, you know, and then I just, I, I, then I talked to her and then I let her go. But I did that because I had been reading about the physiological response that happens when you, from cuddling. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. well, we're not really like cuddling, but we're hugging. This is good enough, yeah. right? So it sounds like you really understand it. So do you mind explaining the science part of it?
2: Yeah, first of all, you're a really good mommy.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I needed to hear that today, actually, so thank you.
2: (laughs) So the science part is it's the mammalian caregiver response. So when an infant calls out, cries out, and gets picked up by an adult and touched and baby, baby, soothed, a cascade of hormones that are feel-good hormones get released in the adult and in the child and that's oxytocin and endorphins. And what that does is it immediately downregulates the cortisol and adrenaline that you have when you feel activated by an emotion that doesn't feel good.
0: Mm.
2: So what's really cool is that we can do that with our own hands on our own body and we don't need another person to do it so we can parent ourselves you beautifully parented your daughter and when she finally melted down and you felt it it was her down regulating her cortisol and adrenaline and going back into to tendon befriend
1: huh. look All at right. you
0: Look at you! I mean, part of it, I guess, was intuition. But thank you for explaining that because I feel like listener, it really resonates. Like it works in cuddling, it works in hugging, it works as you were saying in self, in just self soothing, which is
1: so cool. Yeah,
2: it's so cool that (laughs) when I first started doing it. And we would get together as a family with my family of origins. My sisters would say, I'm the youngest of three girls. They would say, don't tell her anything like that. She's going to put her hands on her heart. You know, they were like totally <laughs> making fun of me. They're just making fun of me. But you know what? It works. And so I when I teach people to do it, I... I teach them stealth ones, like with their hands on their thighs or their hand in their hand, so that if they're in the workplace or in a boardroom or whatever, and they want to calm down, they don't have to let other people see that they're activated. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got this vagus nerve that goes like from the back of our brain all the way down into our guts through, you know, I mean, it's it's the coolest science ever, and so when we when we learn how to harness this stuff for our own benefit, it's like winner winner chicken dinner. I love it.
0: It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really really is. I like that the secret ways to self soothe so that so that the people that are activating you can't see that they're <laughs> activating you. Totally,
1: <laughs> totally. That's great. Yeah.
0: We we have so much power
2: in managing our self. And then we show up better in society.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about how even when like even when you when you say sweetheart to yourself, right? It makes you smile and laugh. And that that in and of itself is helpful. So I guess it it made me think, and this is one of our questions too, was like, can you rewire your brain? You know, is are there. You did.
2: I did. And that's what I teach. Absolutely. So, this is primarily the work of Rick Hansen. And he created a course called Experience Dependent Neuroplasticity Training. So, that's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. That's his course. And I took the professional course so that I can teach it. And what it is, is taking in a positive mental state and pushing it to a neural trait. So it's when you feel good about something, don't waste it because you need to enrich it and absorb it in your body for enough seconds so that it makes a new neural bridge. So Dan Siegel says where attention goes, information flows, neural networks grow. I just say, make a happy bridge in your brain, (laughs) right? That's how I like to explain it. And the more happy bridges you have in your brain... the the crappy ones get pulled out. So if you imagine like a flower bed in your head, you're planting seeds and watering them and nourishing them and nurturing them, and you're pulling out weeds. So anytime you feel good, you're petting your dog, you're looking at a baby sleeping, you're even watching, you're you're like going through people's uh, babies and kids on Facebook or whatever, and it makes you happy really let it land for a dozen seconds so that you make a happy bridge. Because otherwise, all these good moods that you have during the day don't actually do anything for your brain. They just feel good and they're gone. But you want to make them beneficial for your
1: brain.
0: Do you you find that we're more inclined to linger on the negative and less inclined to linger on the positive? Correct.
2: So Uh our brains are like velcro for the negative and they're like (laughs) teflon for the positive absolutely so um we're we've got a negativity bias because we're primates and we worry and ruminate because we're primates and so don't feel bad about that because we're primates that's why we're still on the planet but these days we need to rewire our brain so that our wandering mind isn't a nasty neighborhood
1: Mm. Mm. that makes sense yeah wow i know you're a wealth i know it's a lot it's a lot it's
0: great you are a wealth of information i feel like i'm getting like little like all these like little tips here and there but then of course you're able to explain all the science about it and carolyn and i love science like love 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 it so this this is awesome
2: we we could
0: geek out for hours. I'm hours. telling you, hours. <laughs> yeah, hours. Is there okay? So we want to be able to tell listeners where to find your new book and where to find out more about you. But before we get to that part, um, is there anything else that you feel like we sh- like we could have covered that you want listeners to know? We you know we gave them a lot of little tips. Do you want to go back over? your SNAP method to remind them? Is there something else that is like a key takeaway? I think I just want people to know that they have more
2: power than they realize. That they actually have more power and control over their mood, over their body than they realize. Oh, and we didn't talk about the gratitude practice, which is really... Mm -hmm. integral in everything so that creates a positive feedback loop and it makes you more it makes you happier and then you look for more gratitude and then it makes you happier and then you look for more gratitude and up and up and up and up it goes and the gratitude science is overwhelming there's hundreds and hundreds probably thousands of studies and it shows that it makes you happier in every area of your life. And so if you don't have a gratitude practice, you need to start one, just like you need to start meditating. I know that sounds like pushy, but it's dumb to not do it when the science is that clear.
1: Yeah. Now, what are there gratitude practices other than keeping a gratitude journal?
2: Well, so the one that I like um, actually comes from the Awakening Joy class, which, um, James Baraz's class that I took maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And it's answering two questions each night. What did I enjoy today? And what am I grateful for today? Because when somebody tells me to write five things I'm grateful for, I get annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds
0: Thank And
2: and and I can find what did I enjoy today. If I had a really bad day, like terrible, like somebody's dying and somebody's crazy, and I'm just it's a dumpster fire of a day. If I think hard enough, I can find something that I enjoyed. It might've been looking out the window or having that cup of coffee or somebody was really nice to me at the checkout line or something, you know, and it just helps you open your perspective. So I like that. And then I'm doing something new. So I'm kind of old school with a pen in my, in my gratitude journal, but I'm doing something new because these young guys reached out to me that developed an app. Mm. So I'm doing their, I'm doing their gratitude plus app every day, as well as oh, my gratitude oh. journal, because I'm trying out their thing to help them out. Yeah. And I'm liking their thing because there's a community component in it, which is neat. I get to read other people's gratitudes and then I get like a vicarious lift.
1: Oh, I like So that, that was, what did I enjoy today? And what am I grateful for today? Correct. Those two questions. Okay. That's so simple. I can do that. Yeah. A journal is just overwhelming to me right now.
0: I'm
2: I'm the same, I'm the same, and oh my god, you got teenagers. That's like, I literally would put my head in the oven if I had to live through that again. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. See what you have to look yeah, forward exactly. to. Yeah,
0: exactly. Is I'm like, just teach me your wisdom, please. Teach it to I'm me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can do the journal, or you could check out this app that you're yeah. trying out and liking so much.
1: Yeah. I like it. Or you could just ask yourself those questions. That's true. Every day. That's true. Is there? Is yeah, there but you need to write it down. Oh, uh, you, you need do to re- need? Okay, you need yeah. to write it down.
0: That was what I was going to ask you: is if there was a benefit to writing it down. Yep, 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 yep. That's brain science. Okay, and okay. you said meditate as well. And yeah. so, for for someone who is not an active meditator, what's the bare minimum starting point?
2: Well, the science is 12 minutes. Okay. But here's what I recommend. I recommend a minute and see how it feels. 2 minutes and see how it feels. I recommend putting in earbuds and following a voice that's leading you instead of just trying to meditate with open awareness because that is really annoying and you'll you won't do it well. Yeah. And then and then you won't do it ever again because it sucked. So don't do that to yourself. Just do a nice guided meditation and follow the voice. And actually there's hundreds of them that are free on balanced mind with Julie Poddiker, which is me on my podcast. And you can find that on my website. And there's also hundreds of thousands of them on insight timer, which is also free, which is fantastic.
1: I've never heard of
2: that.
0: Okay. Me neither. I like this. I'm trying to type sideways here. Yes,
1: just sitting there attempting to meditate in silence by yourself is painful.
2: It's the worst, man. I, I don't know who ever thought that that was a good idea, and it and it really it really gives meditation a bad name because eventually after you have meditated for however many months or years doing guided meditations, you might be comfortable doing open awareness meditation, but certainly not right away.
0: Yeah. This
1: makes me feel so much better.
0: Yeah. I I, the, I I love it when I get good, like stepping, like a starting point and then like kind of like a how to build on it. And you've done a beautiful job of giving us that.
1: Yes. I like it.
2: I am just not going to, I'm not gonna lie.
0: <laughs> I it's a, it's a very very uh, honorable, refreshing, yeah, yeah, refreshing, honorable, yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so thank you. Tell us, tell everybody that's listening where they can find your new book, where they can find out more about you. Obviously, you mentioned Balance Mind with Julie Potiker. You
2: so my website, Mindful Methods for Life, is like a library. So people can find my books in there and they can find them in Amazon and they can find the new book in bookstores, but they can also find in my website, all my teacher's books and my teacher's websites and even people that weren't my teacher, but the book's good because I've read it and I recommend it and um, other people's apps and then my blogs. And it's really like a free wellness library in there it's very unusual i didn't realize how unusual it was until later when people were like what are you promoting other people's books for and i said because they're really helpful
0: (laughs) right (laughs) yeah
1: yeah
2: and maybe maybe i ought to have a profit motive for myself but i don't have
1: one yeah that's wonderful that is wonderful well tell us the name of your new book as well as your first book okay so
2: the new book is snap I love the cover. Your, your listeners yes. can't see it, but you guys can see
0: it. It's awesome. It's so awesome.
2: It's so fun. Uh-huh. And um, the the people that I really respect that are my teachers read it and gave gorgeous, advanced praise. So that's like the biggest compliment oh, yes. ever. Yes, Um, and the first book is life falls apart, but you don't have to mindful methods for staying calm in the midst of chaos. And it's also still available on Amazon and Kindle and audible, the new book, I just did the recording for audible. And so it's not done yet.
0: Okay. Now, did you do the recording for the first one? Is it your voice? It is. And you know why?
2: So people love the guided meditations. So the balanced mind with Julie Podaker thing, I never thought people would like this Midwest nasal, a sounding voice to meditate, but they do. Mm -hmm. And so since it's been downloaded so many tens of thousands of times, I didn't want there to be a, a voice actor reading my book. Yeah, I, I wanted it to that. be me. Yeah. So I had to I had to fight for that both times cuz you know they don't like you to read your own things. They want some actress to read your thing.
0: Interesting. But it's me. I did not realize that. I always think it's nice if you can get to hear the author's voice. It... The author has to fight for that.
1: Got it. I had mm-hmm. no
0: idea. I didn't either. Okay. Wow. I didn't. Either.
1: Awesome. Well, this has been so helpful. It really
0: has. It's been very, very helpful. I'm going to skip right over to the bookstore after this. Yes. Quite literally. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm going to go find the first book too and do the practice that we discussed.
2: Yeah. And if your awesome. local bookstore doesn't have Snap, have them order it.
1: Okay. Because they
2: it. can. They can look it right up on their Ingram or whatever that is where they order books from and get it.
1: Perfect. Awesome. I love this. Well, thank you so much. We're going to share all of Julie's her website her social media we'll share all that in the show notes um but thank you so much for joining us today
2: thank you so much for asking
1: well i couldn't i couldn't turn down the how to soothe your inner bitch (laughs) when i saw when i got that in an email (laughs) okay thank you julie thank you Julie.